Let's go. What are you being inspired by these days? Um, right now. Um, honestly, I'm being inspired by. This might sound a little hippie, but like by nature. Oh yeah, I'm always inspired by nature. Um, I've been going every sing as much as possible. Um, up Russ Park in Ferndale. Oh, nice. And um, I get a lot of thoughts up there. I don't know why. It's crazy. It's weird. Like for once, like one part of my life, I remember it was always when I, like when I was in Reading, like whenever I was in my car, mm. I would just have these like moments with God. And I remember writing about it in like an Instagram post or something. I was like, uh-huh. and it was, it was like a small part of it, but I was like, that's the most significant part because that's where I learned all this. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I, that's where I heard God. That's where I knew. I just knew what was happening. I could feel that feeling in me. And right now, I, right now, I really feel it when I'm like, when I'm walking or like taking, da- it's always when I'm with Daisy, I take Daisy and we just go on a walk and we just go up that, up the hill and it doesn't, and then we get to the top and it opens up. I don't know if you've ever been up there, <laughs> but you go pretty steep up and then all of a sudden it opens up into a little, like there's a little bench and you can sit and look out over like a little canyon. Oh, wow. It's really pretty. I really love it. And I go on it often because I just feel like I can just breathe for a second when I'm out there. Like mm. I just, I, my phone, I just put it away and I just can breathe for a second. And I think about things like I think about daily life. I think about, I was telling someone, isn't it so weird? Like when you're in a moment, sometimes it doesn't feel like anything, but then when you replay the moment back, you start to pick out the moments in that moment that are the special parts. Mm, yeah. Like sometimes when you like you hype up something and you're at it and it was amazing. Like it was awesome. But almost the better part is when you think about it again. Like Christmas is awesome. I love, love, love Christmas. It's right. my favorite thing in the world. But Christmas morning is like, okay, cool, fun. But when I look back about Christmas morning and I feel the, and I can actually like remove myself from the situation and see the emotions that happened and the feelings, that's when I get more excited. Hmm. Almost. Hmm. So when I go on walks, I can almost think about my day and think about things and go, that was so special. That was so awesome. Cause I can, I can almost like, hover above and see like the whole thing what was going on it's very odd oh wow but i think that answers your question (laughs) sure yeah so definitely like going out and doing stuff in nature right now and it's it's not like i'm getting these powerful things i'm not hearing the voice of god but like i can feel him so i know it's real Heck yeah. What about you? I'm always inspired by nature. Even right. Like what about right now though? What's the thing where it's like. Um, I think it's just still like that. The the thing that you asked me, I think a couple of times ago about, about what I like about nature and it's still the same thing, just how it's different mm-hmm. all the time. And different times a day like 
I have this trail that I've been going to for probably like eight or nine years. Yeah. And it looks so different in every season. And sometimes it's hot and it's 80 degrees. And sometimes it's, I mean, for those of you guys that live (laughs) away, like 80 degrees is really hot to me because... I live in Humboldt County. We're not used to the heat. We're not used to like, I'm like, it's hot. It's, it was 73. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But sometimes it's January and it's foggy and you can't see the tops of the redwood trees and there's clover everywhere and the ferns have all died and Mm -hmm. have sort of like been like reabsorbed back into the ground and there's just a ton of like needles padding the path and it's just so it's just so beautiful and so and it's yeah. and it's about two and a half miles and it's long enough that whenever I go down there I always have to bring my phone because I have to write down like before I leave the parking lot the things that I felt like the Lord was showing me like there was a time there was a time pretty recently when I went I went like when you're at the farthest part away from the road. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the farthest part away from the road is where the fewest people probably go. You know, so, you know, you get a, get a trail that's two and a half miles. Some people with their kids might go in 50 feet, just be overwhelmed by the beauty. There's some awesome trees and places for pictures and stuff like that. You might only go in two or 300 yards ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depending on how many people you're with you are with you. I mean, I always do the whole thing. But the furthest, the furthest part away is probably the place that the fewest people go to. But probably the most amount of people that have nefarious plans <laughs> probably <laughs> go that far too. And so sometimes when I go out, when I go to, out to the farthest places, I really feel compelled to pray and like um, just to, just leave like the essence of heaven there, you know, like just leave some peace and just pray that for, for safety and for wisdom and for addictions to be broken and freedom and just like all this different stuff when I'm, when I'm, when I'm at that part, that's like at the end. And so I don't know. And then sometimes on my way back after I've done that, a lot of times the Lord will just like download stuff to me and I'm just like oh my gosh this is like he'll show me his heart for things he'll show me his heart for people he'll show me just how he feels about certain things and I don't know it's just a really cool uh, place and it just it just looks different all the time and sometimes you know you go at like four o'clock in the afternoon and the sun's going mm-hmm. down and there's like stuff in the it's air like those little pockets of like the sun rays the that little come sun down. rays coming through the branches yeah. and then you'll see like a swarm of like butterflies in one flying around in the rays and you're just like oh my gosh i could pull out my camera and take a picture but there's no way mm-hmm. it's going to be as beautiful as what i'm seeing right now and so i'll just like soak them in soak in those moments and soak in those things and sort of like impress them in my heart so that yeah. i can relive them later like right now See, yeah, that's the part that I love. I almost, it's almost better than being there. It's like remembering yeah. what was, yeah. like remembering what it was. It's very amazing. Mm-hmm. And every time I go through there, I have to say to myself, look up because the trees are so tall. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll like look up 
and I have to root and <laughs> sometimes like I've tripped on like roots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll like look about 15 feet ahead and I'll look up and walk and walk and walk and then I'll look down and look for another 15 feet of roots. Somebody who who maintains the trail spray paints some of the, the some of the roots, roots like yeah. orange or they've been yellow before, they've been green before, they've been pink before just so that you People can don't trip. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Because of me. <laughs> anyway oh my gosh that trail is just so beautiful i love it yeah we my friend always savannah always says well she told dante this when he was there oh well well because she was when they were in wyoming she was like he was had something like do you ever get tired or ever something does this does, does this view ever get old and she was like you see those mountains like they're god that's god oh wow and i said sunday service and she <laughs> no but seriously though it's like when you start looking looking at things with that perspective, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It changes the the normal day to day commute. When you're like, "That's God. That's Sunday service out there." Like, that's mm-hmm. look at those animals. Look at them having service out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it sounds crazy, but it's like it's not. I had this conversation with a little boy, um, who I'm in. in teaching in class <laughs> that sounds scary but like <laughs> <laughs> somebody that i'm paid to be there with it's fine <laughs> i'm with him all day so uh he was like do you know like what's mother nature and i was like hmm how do i explain this i was like mother nature is the wind and the trees and the dirt and the like the animals and the the water and mm-hmm. everything and he was like whoa that's really cool and i was like yeah and he was like, we need to take care of Mother Nature. And I was like, yeah, we really do need to take care of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. And I was just seeing it as like, oh, my goodness. If I recognize Mother Nature as <laughs> Sunday service, like that is it just opens up again for so much more than just like taking stuff as face value, taking yeah. things as like, oh, that's a tree. These are this is water this is like i like this this is fun this is wind this is rain no like this is literally emotion Mm -hmm. this is literally like you can feel it and i love it well it makes sense because god reveals himself in creation yeah yeah why is it not the same with people because people are all made in his image because nature i feel like it's like daisy our dog I know I get mad at her, but I'm like, it's on a, such a different level because she's not like, she's just following basically her creator. Mm. That's all she knows how to do. And it gets harder because God gave us a choice. He didn't give animals a choice. He didn't give the trees a choice. We get a choice. And I get the choice to look at nature and see it for who for who God created it to be. Mm-hmm. For what God created it to be, not who, but like what God created it to be. Yeah, humans are the only species that can choose to not do what it was created to do. A mm-hmm. tree reproduces another tree. Yeah. A, a plant reproduces another plant. It, the, everything reproduces after itself. And so you could be... M- put on the planet to be a great evangelist. But if you continue to always reject God, then you're probably going to use your, your gift of drawing people to be like the Mm -hmm. leader of a cult or something and drink lots of Kool-Aid. But the coolest part about that is that 
like God still let you choose. Yeah. He still said, I mean, like he, he never, he still said choose. Like he still, he knew. He honors free choice. Yeah. And it's super, it's just mind blowing. I wish that people honored free will as much as the Lord does. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. But again, that's scary and that's risky and that's hard. And it's, there's a lot of damage that comes with that. Yeah, it's true. But if we really were committed, what's one of the things that I think drives me, drives people crazy about me? Cause I'm just like, Hey man, God, God honors free will. And so do I. Mm-hmm. And they like it when they can, when it's applied to them, but they don't like it when it's applied to other people. Yeah. And one of the other, the other things that I believe is that the Lord trusts us a lot more than we are comfortable with trusting mm-hmm. each other and trusting people, trusting process. Yeah. I think that the Lord, I think that the Lord created process and he trusts process a lot more than we do. I think so. I think, I think, yeah, I think all of that and more like, I think like, and I disagree all the time with you on things like that. I'm like, I know I want more, I want more rule. I want more order. I want more of this. It's a very mixture back and forth, but I'm, figuring it out you know like i mean like i'm mm-hmm. learning it and i'm processing it and but yeah i wish humans would recognize that a little bit more where it's like why would i make a law for someone that god didn't make a law for them mm. why would i put a rule in place where god never said that there was a rule against that maybe he has different hopes and maybe he has different design for people what type of rule are you talking about like taxes no, I'm talking about like a lot. I'm talking about like pro-life, pro-choice. I'm talking about um, faith, even religious beliefs. If I want to go be Hindu, you know, if I want to go be Buddhist or if I want to go, you know, any of that, if I want to, you know, I'm talking about the church saying no to LGBTQ plus culture. I'm talking about all of that. We put rules because we think that it's going to protect someone. We put rules because we think it's going to... Maybe we do know better for them. Maybe we totally know that if we put this rule in place, they wouldn't have an addiction to blank, blank, blank. Maybe we do know better, but God also knows better and he still doesn't put those rules on people. He still lets them choose. And I think if we started creating a culture where we mirrored God in that way I think it's dangerous and I think it's scary and it's a long process and there's going to be hurt and we're going to get it wrong but I think that it's that's the first step in creating this new path to a lot of hurt being dealt with you were saying how God believes in us more than people believe in like people yeah do yeah god i think that god does he trusts he trusts us more than people are comfortable with trusting people yeah i think it's very interesting because going along that line um you know i think you know we kind of talked a little bit about romans 13 on our little tangent Mm -hmm. um about how there's kind of like this like god honors free will and i honor free will but there's there is a government that is set into place in order to mm-hmm. um, make sure that if people refuse to be motivated by love, 
that they will be motivated by fear. And that's the way that Romans chapter 13 puts it. Yeah. But the fear is basically like, if I, um, if I won't not kill my neighbor because of love, at least I won't kill him because I'm afraid of being punished. I'm afraid of being put in jail or Uh whatever. Um, so it's kind of like the, the government and, and the church are actually, I believe designed to work independently of each other, but alongside each other. Yeah. Um, it's tricky too, because we are designed to, to be good citizens in a community Mm -hmm. and a community does need to have structure, infrastructure yeah. that that provides for schools and roads and just social infrastructure, mm-hmm. laws that keep people from killing each other and laws that keep people from harming things, stealing, mm-hmm. like things that, you know, protections. Laws that keep people equal and keeps people mm-hmm. at a fair, you know. Yeah. Uh, as much as as much as possible, for sure. Like as much as, and we should never stop striving towards improving uh, social infrastructure until that is that goal is achieved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We should never, we should never give up doing it because yeah. we're comfortable. We need to continue until everybody ha- until we've achieved what. Yeah. What? Do you think the goal of the church is justice? I think that God loves justice. And so, of course, the church has to be about justice. Because I saw this thing, this little meme post that it was like, had like, in, uh, inequality, equality, and justice. Mm-hmm. And it said the goal is not equality. The goal is justice. Hmm. And it had a picture of like a baseball field. And it had like three guys. It had a, like a short guy, a medium-sized guy, and then a super tall guy. Mm-hmm. And so it had... Like like these boxes and it had inequality would be the tall guy pushing the small guy out of the way, taking the boxes so he could be even higher up, even though he could already see over the fence without the box. Mm-hmm. So he was on the box. And then it showed the uh, the bigger, the middle guy pushing the guy out of the way and taking another box so he could see, but the smaller guy couldn't see at all. Then the next picture would be quality, which was the tall guy standing on his own because he could sustain himself and see mm-hmm. over the fence. And then the middle guy having one box and the smaller guy having two boxes mm-hmm. because the middle guy doesn't need a bo- two boxes. He can already see. So it said that's equality. But then it was like the goal for the church is justice where all of them got together and knocked the fence down so that all of them could see equally on the ground. Hmm. And I thought that I was one. I was like, that's interesting. That's an interesting point to look at the church. Mm-hmm. Is the church after justice or is the church after equality? I think that the uh, scripture tells us that God values both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that we live in a culture where we want to polarize and say one or the other. Are you after this or uh, are you after that? And mm-hmm. I'm not going to answer that question. And I'm going to say that the Lord values both of those things and he calls us to both of those things. Yeah. That's my answer. Because where sometimes you can't have full justice, maybe it's. Equal, like build, working towards equality would be the would be the best thing at that in that moment is what you're thinking no i think um i think that equality is extremely important mm-hmm. and just like we were talking about just a little bit ago we were talking about how there's laws that make us do something if we refuse to do it because of love mm-hmm. 
what what the scripture that I'm specifically thinking of, I believe, is in Second Corinthians chapter eight, where he's talking about um, the Macedonians and their and their giving their extreme poverty, but it welled up into rich generosity. Mm-hmm. And he was saying the goal is equality. He says, I want for when you, it's not that I want for for you to give until you're in lack, but I want when you're in a season of, um, I'm just going to paraphrase this. When you're in a season where you're doing well, I want for you to supply them. And then when they're in a season, when they're doing well, I want for them to supply you. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think that's the part where it says the goal is equality. The thing with, um, it's hard because we, I think that's one of the things about, about socialism is that what it wants to do is to do that. When one pe- person is doing well, it's going to, they're going to supply the other person that's not doing well. Yeah. And I think that that's the heart of it is good, but I think that played out. It's not, <laughs> I think that what the Lord actually wants from us is for us to do it out of, out of generosity, our, our, for us to trust him and to trust, um, who he is and what he can do. I think some things are supposed to be regulated by laws if we refuse to do them by because of love. But I don't know if I'm not sure if I am convinced that everything is that way. Every biblical principle, if we refuse to do it out of love, then it should be created into a social structure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if giving and supplying is one of those things that has to be regulated by law if people refuse to do it out of love. But I do believe that God's highest will for for people is that we would do it out of love mm-hmm. and not and and sort of like we were talking about uh, pro choice and pro um, life earlier. One of the things that I believe that the Lord is calling us to is to 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 be love to love people, to care about people and to, and to, um, supply people and support people so well Mm -hmm. that, and, and to help people get healed and to help people get freedom so well that it renders the requirement to have a law against abortion to just make that irrelevant because, because we do our job so well that there isn't a need for it anymore because our Mm -hmm. society is doing better and we, and you know, maybe we're strengthening families so that there's not so much, um, people breaking up and fatherlessness, Mm -hmm. like what Chris Valentin talks about quite a bit, you know, where we're strengthening families and we're helping them. Maybe we're welling up into rich generosity and we're helping each other so that people do feel like supported that they can do stuff on their own if they have to, yeah. or they feel like the the dads don't feel like they have to leave the house. Maybe there's not cheating going on, so we're not impregnating a whole bunch of different people, you know, at the same at the same time and having to figure out how you're going to support three different families, mm-hmm. like just so, you know. The, the enemy is attacking the family unit for a reason yeah. because when the family unit gets um, taken apart. And when fathers aren't in the same home as mothers or da- or men don't know how to be, be fathers, when women aren't taught how to be mothers, when we don't have our generations mm-hmm. intact, when we don't have moms being there for their kids who are new parents, you know, when we don't yeah. have grandmas. Um, when they're not supported by the one thing that 
like the la- like the the solid thing that should be supporting them, which is the church, no matter what. Uh huh. Because family. Yeah. Because family supports each other. You know, if you, if you, you know, you or your sister were to get into a relationship and get married and have kids, like you would be thankful for a so the support system that you have because mm-hmm. your parents would help you teach you how to be a dad. Yeah. They would model it. They have been modeling it for years. They would support you. They would probably babysit, help with date nights, give you advice, like maybe even help financially if you needed it depending on what was going on like there's just a lot of stuff that the family does that is so important so critical to Mm -hmm. social structure um and yes i understand that this is totally idealistic and it feels like it's it's never going to be attainable so since it's idealistic and it's never going to be attainable we probably need to make Mm -hmm. some laws to to make it happen and i understand that i understand that sentiment um it Maybe sounds almost like, like when I'm thinking, it sounds almost like a lower level of thinking, like on the church's part. What's that? Like chalking it, like leaving it up to pro-life versus pro-choice. It sounds almost like this base level, um, very low level of thinking where it's like, okay, I don't want to do that. I want to be, I want to be thinking of a higher level. I want to be thinking of the next thing. Tell me what you mean by that. I'm meaning by what, the next what thing you makes... were saying was creating like uh, creating a culture of family, creating an atmosphere of family, creating mm-hmm. an atmosphere where people are welcomed in. Because mm-hmm. I feel like... Where single moms are welcomed in and drug yeah. dealers are welcomed in and prostitutes are welcomed not, in. And, and I'm not saying welcomed into the church. I'm saying welcomed, welcomed into like... Family? The realm of society the realm of family yeah yeah and i we kind of were talking about like i, I read like erwin mcmanus was talking about how faith should not be the the um faith should not be the let me read it before i butcher it faith should not be the escape from higher thinking it should be the fuel to higher thinking oh i 100 percent agree with that because there's so much, like even just with the pro-life, pro-choice conversation, you know, around voting and, and yeah. voting for the president, it, dr- it drove me crazy how many people were like, well, I'm a single issue voter and this is my thing. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that is such a escape he calls it an escape. I call it a cop out. Like it's it's yeah. it's causing you to disengage from a thought process that mm-hmm. you need to be engaging in because it's not this or that. The, the world wants us to get into this. Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice conversation? Yeah. And, I say, and I say that's a lower level. I would, that's such I totally a low level that. of thinking. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because, okay, well, I choose let's build family. Yeah. And I think that is such a higher stance, such a higher level of thinking that we have to start doing because I think it's been too long. Like kind of what we were saying before, like in our episode, other episode, but like it's been too long of this low, easy phrases and thinking of i'm done i wipe my hands and i'm done Mm -hmm. i've said my thing i've said my piece i've said what jesus is thinking (laughs) what i think Mm -hmm. and now i'm done i don't have to do any more i don't have to do any less i like i'm out Mm -hmm. but when you start thinking of a higher level of thinking you start going okay well it's not just this or that it's actually 
kind of what we were talking about with the, like um, a while ago, like that example of like the trees and like the branches and all these different sub like sub uh, offsets of like a diagram of like a tree where it has all the different roots and everything coming off of it, almost yeah. like a family tree. Mm-hmm. It starts becoming of okay, now I have to start thinking of this. So okay, I have to. It's it's so it becomes so much bigger and it becomes so much more this like level that just brings you up into this new realm almost of Mm -hmm. thinking of heavenly thinking i think and and i I think that sometimes people get overwhelmed by that because when you start seeing the expanse of what needs to be done it can get you it can if you're not careful Mm -hmm. you can start getting hopeless and realize there's no way i can do all that so i'm just not going to do anything but we have to have hope we do have to have hope. It's very, it's, and, and that becomes where I think that sometimes we need to remind people, like, how does an elephant get eaten? That's what Pastor Jess, Jeff always says. How do you eat an elephant? Little pieces at a time, I'm assuming. One bite at a okay. time. Okay, <laughs> I was like, little pieces? I was like, I could think of like. Yeah, one bite, one bite at a time. That's how you eat an elephant. So you know that you have, we have a huge job, but that elephant's never going to eat get eaten unless pe- somebody starts taking the first bite. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not going to get eaten in my lifetime, and it might not be e- eaten mm-hmm. in your lifetime. But if we take the bites that we need to take, then that elephant is eventually going to get eaten. Yeah. <coughs> so what does that look like? I feel like that looks like, okay, find almost find organizations that support single moms. Mm-hmm. Find organizations that support a single dads. We have single moms in our congregation. We can, and we've been able to love them in in very tangible ways, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. But I think that's like that's the little pieces of like this higher level of thinking is like okay, let's create something that bring that like gives joy to these people. Let's bring let's be thinking of something that like creates something that helps people. Let's mm-hmm. let's. Let's be creative enough to give someone the uh, finances or just the the um, praise to even so they can think of what the next thing is. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. That's what I want to keep doing is I want to keep going and like thinking that way and having that mindset of like, maybe I'm not the one that's going to create anything, but maybe I'm the one that's going to empower someone to create something, mm-hmm. you know? Or you might be one that gives, or you might be one that sends, or you might be one that does the graphic design for the Mm -hmm. sign, or, you know, it takes all of us working together and bringing our gifts to be able to, to make our lasting change that we're called to make on this planet. Yeah. And if, if I'm afraid to eat, take a bite out of the elephant and then you are, you're the next generation, then who, who's to say, like, when is somebody going to start having courage to start taking mm-hmm. a bite out of this elephant because it ain't ever going to get eight unless somebody starts taking bites out of it. Yeah. I keep going back to that analogy, but it's because I like it. Because I can visually see it like an elephant being eaten with a fork. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like a pie, like you take a piece out of like a pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But it, it is a lot, but it's also encouraging and exciting and like... I, I just think it's the calling of, of the church. If we're, we're talking about the calling of the church, we're talking about the, the, the shift, we're talking about all this, this, I, this has to be it. Mm-hmm. It's the only way that, that, well, maybe not, it's not, maybe it's not the only way. Maybe we're totally wrong, but I feel like we're probably on this uh, tangent for a reason. We're kind of tapping into what the Lord is, the, the clarion call for the church. Yeah. Um, but, 
us becoming or like realizing how relevant Jesus is to culture is the key, I think, to making sure that we stay relevant. Because the only way that we can have the things that Jesus has for us is if we follow him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we obviously, we believe that he's the answer to every problem in society and question that people have. He's the answer to to why we exist. He's the answer to our problems. He's our, he's peace. He's love. He's power. Mm-hmm. He's the way, the truth and the life. He's a good shepherd. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. I mean, he's everything. Yeah. He's, he's everything. And so why wouldn't he be the issue, the, the, the answer to any problem that the world is having and any problem that the church is having. Yeah. And so the only way that we can really stay relevant is if we stay focused on him yeah and see where he's at what is he in Mm -hmm. what is he doing and i think it's it's not all it's obviously you say all the time it's not the same you know like he's not he's not in what was sometimes he is sometimes he he is in all that he was he was in all that stuff but that doesn't mean that he still wants us passing out tracks no if he's in tiktok obviously he cared enough to give someone the idea of tiktok and to a get a whole bunch of people, you know, addicted to it, which is cracking me up because those people are the people that are understanding that that's where people are gathering right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's where they're going. Why yeah. should the church be afraid to get into TikTok? Yeah. That's silly. We should yeah. totally, if people are there, that's where we need to be. And that's where we are. I I think it's cool. Yeah. And it's cool. Cause like when I'm, when, when we're talking about this, we're not, I'm not necessarily thinking like, Oh, a church has a TikTok account. I'm meaning I, I have a TikTok account. Yeah, because you're the church. Yeah. So I think that that different, uh, differentiating mm-hmm. that is also important where it's not like, no, I'm not necessarily meaning that the journey needs to have a TikTok account where we like dance and stuff, which would be kind of funny. But yeah. like, I'm meaning like, no, like people who have a faith are mm-hmm. on TikTok. Well, and I people, can have a TikTok. Yeah. yeah. M- maybe. People who have a faith are creating the next fashion. People who have a faith are creating the next electric car. Yep. People who have a faith are, you know, creating the next MacBook because Apple's been slacking lately. <laughs> I'm going to call it. <laughs> they need to step up their game. Oh, that's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. This- I mean, not just that, but they're pr- they could be a part of creating the next whatever Apple is. Yeah, exactly. And I want to see people. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to be in. I want to be watching and like going after that too. Because mm-hmm. I want to be where I want to be where that is. Mm-hmm. I want to well, be where he is. I want to be where he is. I think we all want to be where he is. And I, I believe he's in that. But sometimes I think that, and I think that you also believe that, that we're not trying to be where he is. We're trying to stay where we are. What do you mean? The church. We we have we have figured out something that works, and we just want to stay here, mm-hmm. and we aren't maybe necessarily paying attention to where Jesus is, or not, and didn't even realize that he left the building. Yeah, I do think that sometimes, and I'm guilty of that too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm guilty of that too. It's not that I'm not, but I just that, yeah, I want to be careful that I'm not staying because it feels comfortable and it worked Mm -hmm. 
I want to I, I want to be moved. I want to be going around. I want to be doing. I want to be shaken up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because every time I've been shaken up, that's where I felt him. Yeah. Every time I've moved, that's where I felt him. Every time I've like had a new idea, that's where I felt him. Mm-hmm. You know. And if that's all I know, I don't know what else to do besides do that. And so it excites me when I see what we were talking about. It excites me when I see Kanye coming out with a literal worship album. Mm -hmm. It excites me when I see, you know, people in the fashion industry, industry, Jerry Lorenzo, like fear of God. Like it excites me when I see these people Mm -hmm. creating amazing products that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And God is on it. Mm-hmm. It excites me when I see, you know, I want to see that happen in every industry of creativity. Mm. I want to see that. I want to see that in art. I want to see it in the car industry. I want to see it in the job industry. For sure. I want to see it in everything. But sometimes sometimes I think that we can get frustrated with people because they're not seeing what we see. Yeah. But I do this, that a lot. Because there's no, you know... It's not sometimes their fault. They're just at a different place than you that they they, they don't see a worship song everywhere. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, like, there's a song. I can't remember what it is, but it was, I can't remember. It might even be Lady Gaga or whatever. Ooh. It's like, I hope you're somewhere praying. That's Kesha. Or whoever it is. I'm just like, I feel God on that song. Me too. And wait, why like, do I, wait, I feel the same way with that song. It's really funny. I'm just like, oh, <gasps> yes. I hope you're somewhere praying too. Like, I don't, I don't know why I just feel God on that song. And I, mm. so it's like, man, I'm not going to get mad at people because they don't see Kanye as a worship album. I see it and I thank God that I see it, but I can't expect everybody to be at the same place as I am. Yeah. And it's honoring people for where they're at too. Cause yeah. no one did that to me when I didn't see him doing, mm-hmm. you know, so like I have to be honoring too in that way and well, not respect and like and realize just what people you're are the, saying. Yeah. And just cause you're the front runner doesn't mean that they're never going to see it. They might see it because you see it and you shared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people might not know like Jacob, when he laid his head down, he did not know that God was there mm-hmm. when Jacob and Genesis, when he laid his head down on that rock and he went to sleep and he saw God reaching down from heaven with Jacob's ladder and angels were were descending and ascending and stuff. That was God reaching down from heaven into earth. And when he woke up, he was like, God was here the whole time and I never knew it. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that you don't know that someone is going to see that something is a worship album or see God in something until uh, until you tell them like God is here. They have to they have to sometimes be told. And then when they look, then they're going to be like, oh, I never knew. I never knew that yeah. I could experience God this way. I never knew yeah. that he could be in nature. I never knew that he could be on a trail. I never mm-hmm. knew that he could be out at, in the redwoods. I never knew that he could show up in the fog and in the and in the, uh, and in the weeds and in the ferns and in the clover and in the lights and in the butterflies. Like, I just never knew that I could see it. It just opens them yeah. up to a whole new perspective. Yeah. And there's no... and. And when we start being able to see God in people, I feel like that's going to be when we really start seeing a shift in the church, when we can start seeing the God in people, even when it's hard for them to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's on glory. Oh, 
And that's Sunday service right there. <laughs> oh, goodness. One thing that you wanted to talk about, and we can end with this, is we talked about it a little bit, but why don't we break science more? Why don't we? Oh, yeah. So where this is coming from is I was listening to Battle Ready with Aaron Erwin and Aaron McManus. And Erwin was talking about he went to a TED conference mm-hmm. and because he's a part of TED and he's, you know, goes there and goes to the conference every year. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how we don't like he, every time that we've learned of something new in science is because we broke it. The oh. scientists broke what was what wasn't known before was and what we were doing we were just fine until someone broke it so they gave the example of cars okay henry ford broke the car industry because he pushed the boundaries he didn't at that time everyone was using a horse and a buggy and if he would have uh, asked a census around the town and said do you want a car, something they've never seen before, or do you want a new, a better horse and a new, better buggy? Every The wide majority probably would have said, I want a better horse. I want a better buggy. I want all of this. You know, mm-hmm. I want one with the roof so I don't get rained on, yada, yada, yada. But he didn't ask. He broke the boundaries and said, I'm going to create something that no one asked for, but we're going to go for it and see what happens. And now we have cars. Same thing, electric cars. Someone, Elon Musk, someone broke the boundary of gasoline and said, I'm not taking a census. I'm not asking what the people want. I'm asking, I'm looking and seeing people need this. And he went for it. And guess what? It could have been a flop. It could still be a flop, but he's going for it. To some people it still is, but in a couple decades, it will be so normal. Yes. And probably there will be some other fuel source that. Is better than electric. How how are we going to run make cars that run on air? Yeah, it's, people are trying everything. You know what I mean? They're they're inventing. They're they're breaking what we know as science. Mm-hmm. They're breaking what we know as reality, like what we know of. Well, it's kind of like the sound barrier. They never thought, like for a long time, nobody thought that they could break the sound barrier, mm-hmm. and then somebody broke the sound barrier, and things have never been the same since. Yeah, you know, at one point we didn't know. We could you go know, to the moon. <laughs> yeah. At one point, we didn't know we could leave this planet, that we yeah. could leave the atmosphere. At one point, they didn't know that we could fly. They didn't. At one point, we didn't know. It took somebody dreaming up something in their heart that nobody had ever seen before. It was just a part of their imagination, and they made it happen. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about the last episode, like who... What is a genius but somebody that's haunted by the speaking voice of God? How many things is God calling us to that yeah. we're not answering that call? How many things are are have yet to be invented that he's not placing in people's hearts and when and just waiting mm-hmm. for somebody that's willing to devote their whole life to that fleeting Thing that f- that flitted through their imagination one time at three in the morning yeah. when they had too much pizza. <laughs> yeah. Like who who knows who knows what who knows what people are capable of and what the church is capable of and what you know what science is capable of. What I love that I love science. It just keeps proving the existence of God over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. It just keeps proving the goodness of God every over and over. It does. And I, I just, I love that analogy of like, just keep breaking, keep pushing, keep mm-hmm. like, 
keep breaking through whatever yeah. whatever ceiling you think you have make it's it the not floor. there yeah make it the floor then do it again then make it out the floor then do it again and i don't know i, I well when i was talking to you i was like this might sound like what i was saying before about jesus enough or jesus is not enough mm-hmm. but i said why don't we break god more often and I don't know what your first initial reaction was, but I kind of explained myself. I was like, I want to break our understanding, our, my understanding of God. Why don't I push more? Why don't, why do I, why do I sit and get, I'm told something even by you, I'm told by you things and I take it as fact. Oh, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> I want for people to get in the Bible and find out if I'm right. I know when you say that. And I I want it to be normal for us to push back on what God's saying and really like ask him, not test him to try to get him, mm-hmm. not test him to be like, I wonder if I can find out and figure out if you're going to, you know, going to crack or not, or if this is really real. No, mm-hmm. find out if what he's told you is true and really dig in and like find that next electric car in no sense, like Mm -hmm. find out what he's saying. If you're like, if Elon Musk didn't ever question that we wouldn't have Tesla, we wouldn't have now competitors of Tesla. Yeah, totally. You know, but the thing is, is that, is that there's been something that has been left to humanity and that is his word Mm -hmm. and this is what my issue is too many people are feelings driven and they are not in the word and if you want to come at the church with a question about whether the word is true you need to know the word because you can't just go by feelings i know that you want to but you can't it has to be both you have to have both the spirit and you also have to have the word you can't, you can't know God fully with only one and not the other. You can see, you can see in scripture and I'm going to always come back to scripture, but you can see in scripture, there's a couple of different times where it talks about, there was a way that seemed right to a man, but it leads to death. We cannot be driven by our feelings. We cannot be driven only by our encounters with, with, with God and our, our, our experiences in our spirit, because sometimes your spirit is going to lead you in a way. It doesn't take very much to, to be off, to be off a lot. Like I, I remember you telling me that, um, that you were hearing that somebody, somebody, somebody teach like, well, you need to read the Bible every day. Hmm. Okay. That's such a, it's such a small thing that it's, that, I don't know how to explain it, so I'm just going to go for it. I agree that people should be in their Bible every day, but not because I told you, you need to be in your Bible every day. I don't want for somebody to think that they're only a Christian if they're in their Bible every day. I don't want people to think that they're bad if they don't get in their Bible every day. What the sentiment is and the way that it's taught is just so fine. There's just this fine way to present a truth 
that it's, it's just so precise that you can literally make the difference between whether somebody falls in love with the Lord or whether he, somebody rejects them just by the way that you present a simple truth. Mm-hmm. And so what we really want is for, listen, there's a, don't you want to present God in such a way that you, that you and inspire the person that you're talking to to want to know him more. And what better way to get to know the Lord than by the book that he left for us to know him by. And, and, and so I want to inspire people to read the Bible. I want people to want to read the Bible every day because they want to know him because they understand that his Mm -hmm. words are life and that it has that in the in scripture it says that we have been given everything that we need to live a life of godliness and so when we say i i don't know my scripture but i want to argue what god wants like it's hard for me because i because truth is so easy to get just a tiny bit wrong and can become religious or or we can twist it the other way to where we can manipulate mm-hmm. um, what we already maybe want to do or maybe we don't understand why God is hard on sin, which he is. God is hard on sin because he hates it. He's hard on sin because he hates that it is trying to destroy his creation. Yeah. You know, Jesus says I came to... Uh, the Jesus said... The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came so you can have life and life abundantly. Jesus says that if anyone's in Christ, or Paul says that if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. There's so many scriptures that are life-giving and that if we don't take the time to know the context and to understand the heart of God behind all of this stuff, then we will take words of his and we will twist them to mean what we want them to mean. It's hard for me to say, to hear people say that, um, you know, homosexuality is not in the Bible, that he, Jesus isn't about, isn't against it because I just, I believe that he, that it's a sin. And I believe that he hates, he loves sinners. He hates sin because of how destructive it is. He knows that the enemy is trying to twist. He, the enemy always takes a little bit of truth and he twists it, just perverts it. And it doesn't have to do it a whole lot to get us to believe something just a little bit off. And we can, it can send ourselves down a path that is going to be away from the Lord and away from what he has for us because he, he comes for so that we can have life and life abundantly. He doesn't want us just to survive. He wants us to thrive. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But unless you're in that word, you're not going to know all the, the promises, how good he is, how much he loves you, how much he paid for you. Yeah. How much he's calling you to the trust, the absolute immense trust that he has for you, the power that he has for you to walk in. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that you would know all of that stuff. And so we can have a yada yada, Jesus is kumbaya. He doesn't want to na- make anybody mad. No, he wanted to make some people mad. And it was the people that twisted his word. Yeah. So that's why I'm so passionate about people For sure, yeah. n- knowing the word, because how are we supposed to judge prophecy unless we 
like judge it against his word. We're just called to do that. Yeah. I have a question. I'm just interested. Okay. Like I was just, I'm like listening to you and I, I hear all that. Like I totally get, I hear all of it mm-hmm. and I agree with it. But I, what, so what would be like a kid doesn't know, doesn't read scripture. They don't know it, but they know Jesus and who he is so well because they don't know anything other than him and he's only spoken to them. How does that work? Like, how does a kid know so much and never has to read scripture and they know, I would say most of the time, the real Jesus, when you ask kids, like they, they're not questioning whether Jesus, you know, whether Jesus loves someone or doesn't love someone or is mm-hmm. mad at someone or isn't mad at someone or, you know, all of that stuff. That's never a question with him. But so how, like, how does that work? I think that there's an element of childlikeness mm-hmm. that the Lord requires from us. But there is also a call to maturity. Okay. And so it's both and. Yeah, okay. You can't mature past your childlikeness, but you can't stay childlike and willingly. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Yeah, it's almost I mean, you like... can. He he gives you free will, and you can choose to stay in your immaturity mm-hmm. on purpose. But then, don't be surprised. Yeah, don't be surprised if you're not used to your full potential. Don't be surprised if you're not walking in power. Don't be surprised if you're not leading, you know, people to Christ. Don't be surprised if people aren't maturing around you. You mm-hmm. know, don't be surprised. If that's what you choose, then, you know, you're still saved. You're still going to heaven. You're still going to see his face. You're still going to worship him. We don't know what heaven's going to look like. You're still going to get your body. You know, you're still going to all that stuff. You're going to get it all. But you know what? We all have to give an account for ourselves and everything that we do. And our works were going to be judged and tested. Mm -hmm. And everything that we do is going to go through fire and... Everything that still stands, we will receive a reward for. And everything that is burned, we will still be saved, even if it's just barely. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm no. talking about do you want to be used by God? Yeah. And it's if you want like to be used by God and you choose to stay in ignorance and 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 willful, I choose not to engage in scripture because Mm -hmm. I don't have a value for it. Um, you know, that's on you. That's, I I will still love you. I'm saying, I'm saying you, you sage, but I'm also saying it every person that's, that ever listens, you know what I mean? And so if, if you knew, you know, that the Lord was speaking in a certain way, would you willfully not go? If you knew Mm -hmm. he was going to be down here at the river bar, would you go? Yeah. Like I would. They were like, well, beer to God's being poured out of the river bar. I'm going. <laughs> Sunday service. Sunday service at the river bar. <laughs> well, it just reminds, it just makes me think of, it, I'm kind of answering my own question, but it makes me think of like just more higher thinking. Yeah. You know, like we can stay thinking at a level of whatever. Yeah. But like, I don't want to stay there. Yeah. And so maybe that's whatever that is for individual people, which is exciting that it's not a flat thing 
instructions for everybody. For sure. There's like the ground basics, but it's like this so individual. It really is. That I, makes it exciting. We were just talking about this, that I think it's, again, Chris Valentine, I think he says that God doesn't actually have a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life and he has a thousand ways to get you there. Yeah. So should you choose not to embark on your journey of really renewing your mind, be it being transformed by the renewing of your mind and getting into truth and getting into the word and that type of stuff until you were 40 something years old. That's fine. Yeah. He, he has a thousand ways to get you to your purpose. He, mm-hmm. you're not ever going to be too old for his purpose. So it's just a matter of like, for me, I didn't really start engaging until I was probably like, I mean, I tried to read it, but it was just so confusing. Mm-hmm. I tried to read it when I was younger. I really did. And I would just be like, Oh my gosh, why is this story even in here? I don't even understand this. It probably wasn't until I was like 35 before I started really like digging in. And it, and like I said yesterday in my message, it was because I was in a community that was doing it. It was mm-hmm. because I was with people that were seeking the presence of the Lord. It was because I was reading, praying and seeking the presence in a community. And I, and I learned that, oh, you're supposed to meditate on scripture. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. And I learned that, oh, you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit when you, when you, read scripture. Well, I didn't know that I was supposed to invite the <laughs> Holy Spirit to come help me read scripture and understand it. Shooting. I don't know. So, hey man, it's definitely not too late or anything, but you no, know. No, it's never too late. That's that's the that's the hope of it. It's never yeah. too late. For sure. Like it's it's not. And that's that's the hopeful part in mm-hmm. all of it. Heck yeah. That's the hope filled part and everything that we t- that we is we say, you know, mm-hmm. is it's never too late to it's never, 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 never too late. And that's all glory. Amen. We jibber jabbered a lot. We did. But it was kind of fun. Yeah. And we thought out things a little bit. Oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> as much as we can. We try not to to plan too much because some of our best conversations are the just the spontaneous, all of our best conversations are yeah. the spontaneous ones. So we're not like, scripting or anything but <laughs> you can probably anyway. tell by the way it is <laughs> but funny. thanks for listening to two episodes or two topics or whatever this becomes we talking about church yeah this is sunday service maybe we'll title it sunday service part one and two maybe that'd be fun they won't know what you're talking about until you I like that with the title. Sometimes people don't know what we're talking about until they listen. <laughs> my mine is going to be like, let's talk about church, baby. Well, oh, just kidding. And I'm going to be like. It's like an 80s song. Uh-huh. Let's talk about you and me. Oh, There we go. Okay. Let's talk about all the good times and the bad times. And on that note, we're going to finish up at Bye. 95 Bellevue. Thanks for listening.